0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Worked Up, the podcast, where you learn to navigate the workplace, business, and your career with a little more ease and a lot less angst. I'm your host, Jacqueline Beck, and I'm very excited for today. First of all, I feel like I sound like Phoebe from Friends. I should be smell I should be singing Smelly Cat. And I also feel like anyone who's Gen Z won't necessarily get that reference. But I'm really excited for our guest today because she is an entrepreneur. She is a marketer extraordinaire. She is a jewelry mogul. She is one of my nearest and dearest and closest friends. We've known each other for what? 20 years?
1: Maybe even more.
0: More, probably more. 25 25 Mm -hmm. years. Let's go with 25. Yeah, we grew up together. We went to college together. We lived in New York City together. And now I just feel like we're always going to be in each other's lives. But (laughs) Alexandra Samet, founder, CEO, owner, jewelry mogul of Alexandra Beth Fine Jewelry, welcome so much to Worked Up.
1: Thank you so much, Jackie, for having me. For having me at your house in Florida too, and for having me on the <laughs> podcast, <laughs> this
0: this is going to be great. Um, tons of fun stories, tons of fun chit chat, and when I think about people in my life personally who I really admire and I I have witnessed their success and witnessed their evolution over the years, Alexandra always comes to mind because Thank she, of course, I mean you know you know I think this, but you've evolved so gracefully, and you've always stuck to your guns in terms of what your passion is, and you've been able to make that passion into a hobby when you were, what, 13, Mm -hmm. and then into a thriving business now Mm -hmm. that will continue on. And so before we start digging into everything, do you mind just introducing yourself and giving a little bit of your background?
1: Of course. And I just want to say thank you. I'm very gracious and thankful to be here. And that's a lot of compliments you just gave me um, in a very public and professional way. So I appreciate that always. Um, So a little bit about me. I started making jewelry when I was 15 and selling to local stores. So my first order was a store called South moon under Um, It was actually my mom's idea. Like let's make an appointment with their buyer. And we thought they had two local stores. We didn't know that the buying office was two hours away at the shore um, that they were buying for, like, 13 stores. So they placed an order for 98 necklaces. Now, I'm talking necklaces. I was hand-making with tiny, tiny seed beads that will, like, make you go blind. Um, and I had, like, my brother and my grandparents helping, and it was an operation at the dining room table. Um, and I learned a lot about wholesale orders, wholesale retail pricing, line sheets, um, returns, sourcing materials. There was no internet back then to, like... Google where to buy anything. Mm. So going up to New York City into the B district and like navigating that was just such a learning curve and such a learning experience just as I went. But anyways, fast forward through college, through studying business and marketing, taking many classes with you, Jackie, okay. um, selling to local stores in Atlanta and then moving up to New York and, you know, getting into retailers like Bloomingdale's and Henry Bendel and doing trade shows and selling to retail stores. And then in like 2012, transitioning to the direct-to-consumer model, pop-up shops, selling right to my clients, um, better prices, higher volume. And then another transition kind of through COVID when the pop-up shops closed on March 12th, 2020. And I always knew this, all my eggs were in one basket. I wasn't selling a lot online. I had tons of tourists coming through every day. Um, I didn't really feel like I ne- I know I needed to diversify, but that was last on my list. So then COVID, um, I started realizing that my personal clients, my network extended people I knew, they were buying engagement rings, diamond bracelets from other jewelers. And they would ask me my opinion, what should I buy? And I would give them my opinion, but I wasn't making it for them. So I kind of started dabbling my first, My first fine jewelry was delivered, like, I'm trying to think. Was it, it was April 2020 or 2021. But anyways, from there, I started diving into the Diamond District, and now we're here with all fine jewelry.
0: What stands out to me about your story is resourcefulness. Because you're talking about being a Mm 15-year-old in Maryland, it's right,
1: a, It's not the middle of nowhere. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> we I know had one bead store on Rockville Pike. Really? Yeah. on Nebel Street. It was like a warehouse with a bead store.
0: I vaguely remember where that is. Funny story about South Moon Under. Mm-hmm. My younger sister, I believe it was her first job. She worked at South Moon Under and was very upset about my father's jean collection <laughs> and bought him a bunch of jeans that he still wears to this day.
1: So I ran into another mutual friend of ours a few days ago down in Florida and your sister came up and he mentioned how she worked at South Moon Under and then I went into my story of how I used to sell to South Moon Under. And so, it comes full circle. So I just learned that your sister worked there a few days ago.
0: <laughs> right. So so yes, Maryland is not the middle of nowhere. Correct. But as a 15-year-old, when you were new to the industry, this was a hobby. This was mm-hmm. a passion project mm-hmm. for you, right? Right. And listening to what you're saying, you had to learn how to navigate all of these things that you had no experience in. Mm-hmm. And then you fast forward, you start selling to massive retailers like Henry Bendel mm-hmm. and Bloomingdale's. Mm-hmm. And then you transition yet again into fine jewelry mm-hmm. and have to learn how to navigate the jungle of 47th Street. which That's actually been like the biggest learning curve. Has it? Of,
1: it's such an old fashioned place where people don't they don't use email, they don't answer the phone. You need to like show up with your face, knock on the door, hope that they are willing to work with you and willing to kind of, you know, who are you? Where did you come from? You don't own 10 jewelry stores. You're not giving us massive orders. Like you need to it's kind of like dating. You need to go on a lot of first dates or you need to like work with a lot of jewelers and a lot of suppliers and a lot of diamond dealers to kind of find people you know, willing to work with you, but also that you like to work with, who have the right prices, the right quality. It's, it's a zoo. It's, I'll take you one day. It's fun. It's like, I feel like they're back alleys. You're like walking in these stairwells and you're in the basements and there's like an amazing watchmaker or repair shop or a stone setter. And like the stone setter has been sitting on the bench for 50 years and his father was there for 50 years before him and he's probably never vacuumed or t- or <laughs> thrown out a piece of paper so it's just like us and I have photos it's just like the most old-fashioned unique
0: there, place there's something really charming about what you're saying too yeah. because one thing that that I talk a lot about is how impersonal business can be sometimes with the reliance on email with the reliance on Right so this is like
1: Totally. I mean, the front end of my business is very modern. It's social media. It's email marketing. Um, It's more professional, if you will. The back end is like we hand delivered a Christmas gift and a handwritten note to every single person we work with. And there's also a lot of a lot of times when you go to these people, they want to know about your life. They want to tell you about their kids. They want to chit chat for like an hour. So it is Relationship building. If you just drop off a job and you pick it up, it's,
0: you're not going to get your jobs done as well. Okay. So take me back to this concept of resourcefulness mm-hmm. because you've had to start from scratch several times and learn new Kind of three times relationships. Because Yeah.
1: there was that shift from selling to retailers and my Bloomingdale's trunk shows and sales just really dropped in 2012 when like, retail stores just weren't what they used to be. And everyone was going direct to consumer because with direct to consumer, I can make the same amount of money, but offer my client a better price without that retail markup. Mm -hmm. So there was that transition to direct to consumer. And then the transition during COVID to find jewelry. So there's probably going to be another transition one day. Don't know what that's going to be, but you can't get stuck in. It would be really easy if it would just be like the same thing forever. It'd also be boring. But you have to be able to reinvent the wheel or you're kind of using the same, the same concepts and the same ideas. Um, But if you can't keep changing and adjusting, it's the same thing with your life and the world. You know, it's, it's a concept of impermanence really deep, but it's, it's so true Yeah, and I hate it because I hate change. I hate change. I hate like moving. I hate.
0: So, how do you manage different? that dissonance where you are in an industry where you constantly have to evolve? And what but I it's hear. It's not you, just my industry, it's everything. Well, that's fair. But I hear you saying two things, right? Because mm-hmm. there's this concept of, okay, I'm evolving in terms of the products that I'm offering mm-hmm. because my customers are demanding different things. Mm-hmm. And then there's this concept of, okay, well, I'm also evolving how I communicate with my suppliers, my vendors and my customers, because the world is evolving. You mentioned in the beginning that a lot of what you do is on social media and Instagram, which I've seen it firsthand. I mean, you are constantly on that thing.
1: But I I look at it as it's the same communication skills I always use, whether like now we're on a podcast Right, We wouldn't have been on a podcast 10 years ago. But we, we could have been doing this in a different way. Mm-hmm. So it's not that the skills, the skill set is, is kind of similar. It's about being like savvy, understanding how you're communicating with people. But whether it's social media or a phone call, it's not, you know what I mean? Like I'm still speaking the same language.
0: What does savvy mean to you?
1: Savvy means, I mean, that's why I spend so much time on my phone because I want to know everything going on in the world. Like, I want to know the new restaurants, the new trends, what's on the news, you know? So I think being savvy is being aware and, like, being sharp.
0: Informed. Yes. That, that's interesting because I, I talk about this a lot in my coaching practice, but everything starts with clarity and knowing yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's that data input mm-hmm. that allows you to make decisions mm-hmm. And I was just talking to a client the other day where, you know, I turned to him and I said, well, what is in your control? Because it's so easy to lament things that are just circumstantial and happen because they happen. Mm -hmm. But the only thing you can really control in a in a situation is how you react, Mm -hmm. how you communicate, Mm -hmm. how you put your words together, how you structure your behaviors and. This concept of being in the know, having all the information, having all the data, I would imagine that's what's informing your evolution over time.
1: That totally makes sense. Also, being in the know is understanding how to navigate this new world of fine jewelry and who you're going to use for what. Like, you need five stone setters for different types of settings that you do. So
0: how did you learn that?
1: uh, Like, um asking around listening I listen to what everyone is talking about um, I have a few friends in the industry that I've made and will will you know compare other people's work hey like who has better price on chains what what type of chain are you using is it a hollow chain a solid chain a curb a Cuban like these things that we that we talk about um, going to the jewelry trade show in Las Vegas like that's what you talk about at happy hours <laughs> it's just Industry just absorbing everything, and I mean back in the back in the day that was, you know, internships, mm. and and learning as much as as you could.
0: Well, I, I love that you brought up listening, mm-hmm. because that is the key to communication. Mm-hmm. When you actually hear what other people are saying to you, it informs so much. In your right. business, from a marketing perspective, from a sales perspective, mm-hmm. from a relationship building perspective. And it sounds like you're also broaching on the topic of community. Mm-hmm. And so you're in an industry where you are your brand mm-hmm. in so many ways. And you're talking about having friends in the industry and helping mm-hmm. each other out. You know, there's this concept that it's a zero sum game that if you know, I help you, I'm inherently giving you something out of my own pocket when the reality is the pie can just get larger and we can all have a bigger slice of pie. That's how
1: I look at it. Um, I mean, it's also super competitive industry. Mm. So I have my community, but it's not, not everyone wants to have a community in the industry, et cetera, Mm -hmm. but it helps to not feel like it's so solo,
0: I would say. In what way?
1: Like you want someone else's eyes on your piece. How did it come out? What do you think? Um, even to like, at, like when you used to work at J.P. Morgan, you had colleagues and you would have lunch together, right? Yeah. And you had that community. You weren't just trapped in an office by yourself.
0: Yeah. And entrepreneurship can be very lonely.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's one of the hardest things about it. Like when it's good, it can be really good, and when it's bad or lonely or you you're in a rut or you have a problem, it's like who are you gonna? I mean, we've talked through some of my problems that I've been solving. Yeah, and it's great to have a friend like you. Like I I really respect your opinion comes from not as a friend but as a professional. Thank you. So I I really and I have a few people in my life I really respect their advice, but they're not in, you know, they're not in it. They're not in it. I totally got it. Yeah.
0: Well, how do you go about building that community when it's not inherently there for you? Because you bring up, you know, I used to work at a really big bank. Mm -hmm. It was very stratified. It was very structured. Mm -hmm. I had my analyst class and we all graduated to associates together and you had your people. Right. So how do you go about finding your people?
1: I would say I met a handful of people going to the like annual jewelry trade show convention, if you will, in Las Vegas. The first year I went, I was like, I was super nervous. Like, why am I going? Do I fit in? Do I know anyone? Do I even know what I'm doing? Um, I made a really close friend on that horrible red eye that I took back. And yeah. think I asked her for her phone charger, obviously. You know me, my phone's always dying. The, um, the phone
0: charger around yeah. the world. <laughs>
1: But we're we're really good friends till this day and she's yeah. helped me out a lot and I hope I've also helped her out. She had been in the industry longer so she had more people to introduce me to. Uh, I would say it's it's organic like that. Like being in places where you're going to meet people in your industry. But also I've DM'd some people. I mean there's a, the younger people in the industry, it's hard to break in. So they kinda wanna like help each other out. And I think it's a big enough pie for everyone. Like there's, there's enough clients for everyone as long as people keep buying jewelry. So.
0: <laughs> well, I would imagine knowing how well your business is doing that there will continue to be a lot of people wanting to buy jewelry. I hope so. For various different milestones in their life. You you just brought up something interesting, which is kind of dancing around this topic of self-doubt, mm-hmm. which is I think plaguing to a lot of people. Mm-hmm whether they're an entrepreneur or in an organization, how do you get yourself past that?
1: That's like imposter syndrome, right? Like, can I really sell a, a diamond ring of this value to someone who's going to wear it hopefully every day for the rest of their lives? Well,
0: And you're talking about big dollar tickets.
1: Right. Like this is, I mean, this is, it's, it's not nothing. It's a big deal. Um. You just have to, I mean, I don't think, sometimes I wish, why didn't I start doing fine jewelry 10 years ago? I would have, my business would be bigger. I would have more social media following, etc. I think there, it's about timing. Like the timing is right that I'm doing this now at 35. At 25, selling a $50,000 ring might not have felt authentic or comfortable. Um, but I just remind myself, like, I've been doing this for so long. I've had these clients for 10 years They've transitioned with me. Um, but you're always going to have self-doubt. So,
0: You just made me think. Yeah. So I grew up a Harry Potter fan.
1: That's where we differ, yes. but that's
0: okay. Well, yes. <laughs> Pop culture, social media, yeah, yes. <laughs> but I always said about J.K. Rowling and, and Harry Potter, one of the things I loved about it was I felt like the series grew up with me. Interesting. And the themes and the topics and even the the fear factor or the okay. thrill of the books, it got more mature with its audience. And that sounds very similar mm-hmm. to what you're talking about that your business has evolved with your audience. And correct. It, and with and with me and with you. Well, I was just going to say that it also sounds like your business has evolved with your own level of confidence and your own personal goals that have changed at different milestones in your life.
1: Right so I kind of remind myself of that. Like I've been doing this if I f- if I feel doubtful or you know I've been doing this for so long. And if I feel confused about something or unsure at work, I do have a good network of these jewelry friends if we can call them like, "Hey, do you think this stone is a good price or a good option or am I am I doing right by my client?" And I have really smart people, you know, one in particular who's been in the industry for like 30 plus years. Right. So I can bring any piece to him. What do you think?
0: And it's mentors.
1: Mentors. Like that. Mentors. And, you know, they'll be like, you should redo it. Or this is perfect. You did an amazing job. And often they're like, how did you know to do that? Or how did you know this resource? And I'm like, okay, pat myself on the shoulder. Like I myself on the back. Like I knew. You figured it out. I figured it out.
0: So there's also an element of just trusting your gut. I mean, that's the most important. And it's hard to do. It's hard to do. I think we're
1: always, we're always kind of working on this. The self-doubt would probably never
0: be zero. Do you believe in fake it till you make it? hmm You do? hmm I think as long as you're not a heart surgeon <laughs> or in some life or death situation, you can probably get away with it. Yeah. Uh, but I do think there's an element of, you know, if you, if you think it, you can will it. Mm-hmm. People used to say, I'm like, you
1: can learn anything. I mean, I don't think it's easy to learn a foreign language overnight, but there's
0: so many things
1: you can Google online
0: well, and that goes back to what you're talking about resourcefulness.
1: Resourceful. I even will read, actually, there's a lot of um, customer or client chit chat online, specifically on Reddit feeds. Of like, a client will say, um, Is this stone a good option for an engagement ring? What do you guys think? And there's all these people on Reddit giving their stories of how they bought their engagement ring and the price and if they liked it and how it lasted and what the setting was. And then, like, it's client feedback. I'm, I'm reading through that all the time.
0: That's really interesting. When, so I, when I can't sleep, that's what I When think. you can't sleep at <laughs> night? That's hilarious. Yeah. You've, you've mentioned a few times relationship management, which is so integral to any business mm-hmm. in my book, mm-hmm. especially your business. Mm-hmm. How do you go about that?
1: Relationships like client folk. Facing or on the back end or everything? Everything.
0: Bifurcate it as you will.
1: I think client relationships, I'm in touch. Honestly, social media is amazing. Instagram, DMs, clients are always messaging me. And we're we're chit-chatting. I have a handful of clients. We chit-chat back and forth all the time about interior design, anything that we're interested in. So is it
0: you've become a trusted advisor
1: where you, you kind of become friends. Yeah. You know, and then eventually when they're in New York, they'll come in the office and we'll get a coffee.
0: And then they buy something.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. Or or they add to their wish list.
0: Or they add to their wish list. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I have clients, they'll they'll give me a wish list and then, you know, their partner will reach out. Oh, it's so and so's birthday. Do you know what she wants? I'm like, Yeah, of course.
0: Oh, that's smart. Yes. People do that all the time. That's very smart. Mm-hmm. I can attest to the fact that you are constantly on your phone directly yes. talking to your customers. And it's not someone you pay. It's not someone you outsource it to. Right. It is you.
1: I mean, my, my screen time is so bad, but it, it's, it's not always for work. But <laughs> it's often for work.
0: <laughs> what I've seen, it's for work. So how, how do you manage that? Because I think about being on my phone like I'm not a good social media person. I know I'm not a good social media person. It doesn't come naturally to me.
1: I think you're wrong. Is 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 this social media is a podcast social media?
0: I think I think social media is Instagram. Okay. I think I think of it as Instagram. Okay. So, if I think of myself in Instagram, I know myself well enough that I Know if I was on it all the time, I would get sucked into this black hole Mm -hmm. of comparison Mm -hmm. and just never looking up from my phone. Mm -hmm. So, how do you manage that?
1: I mean, if you remember yesterday, because my phone's always dying, um, I left it in your house charging and we went out and we met another friend. And I purposely didn't take it with me because I knew I hadn't seen you in a while, I hadn't seen our other friend in a while or anyone's kids. I didn't want to. If my phone was in my pocket, if it buzzes, I'm going to look at it.
0: So enforcing boundaries with yourself. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm not the best at enforcing boundaries, but I'm trying to put it down for a few hours. I mean, people, what I think is a good idea, which I would like to do for next year, is checking it a few times a day. Mm. So maybe 30 minutes in the morning. In terms of just scrolling and researching on social media, like that doesn't need to happen all the time.
0: I've also heard that with regard to emails when it comes to work too. So I know there's a lot of people who, and it's very effective, Mm -hmm. block out time to only look at emails for 30 minutes when you first get to work, your last 30 minutes at work, if, you know, meetings, time permitting, Mm -hmm. and then a block in the middle. Because most times if it's a super urgent email, they'll find a way to get in touch with you, whether it's call you or text you or something like that too and it actually frees up your time to do everything else you need to do. I think that
1: blocking is the best. I mean, I need to check my email more often than that, but I think that's great. It's also like a 10-minute check.
0: Right. It limits you. Because if
1: you don't have that schedule, then you're checking, then you're going to write another email, then you respond to something else, and two hours later, you're still like staring at your email, but you haven't really been as productive as you could have been.
0: What do you think is the most difficult part of having your own business and being an entrepreneur?
1: Um, Having all aspects of the business in my head at all times, like my brain is going to explode. Right. So I know every, I know every client. I know every manufacturer I use. I know every resource. I know every project, what millimeter the shank of each client's ring is right. Like, what their appraisal is on the stone, what the certificate is on the stone, right? Like I know exactly the earrings you're wearing. I know exactly the carat weight, the cert, everything about them. The setting that we did for you. like, it, my brain's just full. They so, are <laughs> Alexandra
0: Beth Fine Jewelry Specials. <laughs>
1: of course. Um, but having everything in my head, and then that will wake me up in the middle of the night, and I'll be like just thinking about what I have to do the next day or where everything is logistically. I have been, I've been trying to, you know, keep a job board where everything is, so I don't need to know where every, I'm not, if it's written down, it's not like spiraling in my head constantly. So
0: aside from writing it down, what else do you do to manage that?
1: Um, I'm getting better at delegating. And so I do have someone who works for me full time, so, you know, giving her more responsibility. And handing her assignments that I can like take them out of my head.
0: I know a lot of people who struggle with delegation.
1: It's really hard because I, I trust myself a hundred percent. So if I just do it, it's easy, but then it also limits how much can get done and stresses me out.
0: Yeah. Strength in numbers. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, there's only so much you can do yourself. Absolutely. There's only so much capacity that you have.
1: I mean, there are some things other people can do better. and that, Like, I have a graphic designer who's freelance, and she's amazing. I won't touch anything in Photoshop. That, That's all her. Yeah. She's great. Um, but other things that I know how to do, it's hard to hand them off.
0: How do you get past that?
1: Um, I'm working on it. I mean, we've had... <laughs> If I double book, we've had two clients in the office at the same time. So I'm like, got to hand off a client to someone else. Right. And that, it goes great. That's fine. And I'm like, okay, the next time a client's coming in, I don't have to be at every client meeting.
0: Well, it sounds like the tool you've used to tackle some of these more, you know, limiting beliefs, internal struggles of entrepreneurship, whatever you want to call it, are Counting the times that have served you in the past. So for example, mm-hmm. counting the times where things were done perfectly well right. and you didn't have to be involved. Right. Uh, earlier, you mentioned something else where your answer was, oh, wait, I've done this in the past. Mm-hmm. I just have to trust mm-hmm. my gut, right? Mm-hmm. So counting the times that you took care of yourself in that situation or counting the times that you were able to excel. Mm-hmm. So it really sounds like reflecting back on your prior successes have been a very helpful reminder and tool for you when you encounter doubt Mm -hmm. or growing pains. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's what it's been.
0: So how do you take that forward? (laughs) We'll have to find out. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I got a phone we, call. We
1: shall see. Yeah,
0: that's when I got a phone call around dinner time. Dinner. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> you always answer. I do. I like to be accessible, but not. You don't have to be accessible at dinner time. I know, but it's kind of like what you're saying, right? I mean, we don't have a business 24/7 relationship
1: for her clients.
0: <laughs> but 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 truly, you know, I think there is an element of when you're in a role that Mm -hmm. is meant to support people, you want people to feel supported. And that can be whether you're a friend or a parent or, Mm -hmm. you know, a a coach, whoever Mm -hmm. it is, Mm -hmm. but those roles are ultimately support roles. And you want the people on the other end of the phone in this circumstance to feel that support. So I think that's important. I think,
1: I mean, you do an awesome job at that. And I I know that you'll always call me back like next day if... It's an important
0: dinner. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah. So as we wind down, Mm -hmm. I want to rapid fire a few questions to you. All right, let's do it. What do you know now that you wish you knew then?
1: I would say, I guess rapid fire, you can't really think through your answer. I know now that if a project's not right or if it breaks or if the client's not happy. I'll make the client happy. Don't worry about it. If we need to fix it, we need to remake it. I'll solve the problem. It's not worth waking up in the night
0: over. So that's the exact answer we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. Counting the times when it I, mean, in I the had a lost package it.
1: the other day. First lost package for a client that I know well, a beautiful bracelet and you know what? The package was insured. We filed the claim. We're remaking it for her. She understood it's stuff happens. It's okay. Like that before would have totally freaked me out. Interesting. But that's why you have insurance and you remake it. That's that.
0: So you roll with the punches. You have to. All right. I mean, there's so many little things that go wrong constantly. Yeah. All right. Next question. Go for it. What advice would you give to someone starting out or who's at one of these transition or inflection points in their Just career
1: to keep going? There's so many times I'm like, I think I should fire myself. Like I really messed something up, or why did I do that? Or an expensive mistake. Like if I work for someone else, they probably want to fire me. But just have to keep going.
0: Yeah, and trust yourself to to make it right. And if
1: you really hit a wall, like you can take a few days off to take a break, come back fresh.
0: That's really important. Mm-hmm.
1: It's really hard to do, but I mean, sometimes it's gonna be really. Great to take off a day or two and come back like ready to go.
0: How do you do that when you're an entrepreneur with you know a limited team? You have wonderful people who support you. I happen to know that firsthand but how do you how do you get comfortable with taking time for yourself?
1: It's really hard like I'll I know I feel better if I go to yoga on Thursday afternoon, but that means I want to leave work an hour early and feel guilty when I'm in the yoga class, but I'll do better at my job the next day so just kind of trying to schedule that in
0: it's like the whole concept of it's it's parenting it's in relationships it's all of it but if If, you take care of yourself you can be better for other people yes that's so interesting well Alexandra this was very fun thank you for having me it feels like it was just a a normal chit chat on the phone at dinner time (laughs) that other people can tune into (laughs) (laughs) exactly so before before we wind down um please can you tell everyone how to get in touch with you
1: Of course. So you can reach me on Instagram. It's at Alexandra Beth. You can also email me ab at alexandrabeth.com. Perfect. And your website? My website is also alexandrabeth.com. I feel
0: like I should give out my phone number, but I'm not going to. I would not (laughs) suggest giving out your phone number on a podcast. I won't, but yeah. I will not let you do that (laughs) for security reasons. But um, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really fun. Um, Everyone... Again, I've known Alexandra the better part of my life at this point. Please reach out to her for all your baubles and fine jewels. Um, And thank you so much for joining us again on another episode of Worked Up. Please look out for new episodes on Tuesdays. As always, we have exciting guests coming down the way. And please don't forget to subscribe, like, leave positive reviews or any reviews, and please connect with us on Instagram at Jacqueline Beck Consulting or on our website, Com. See you next time.